I'm Steve Guggenheim, and this is Travel with Googs. There are so many wonderful countries in Europe, one of the biggest problems is trying to decide where and how to go. A recent trip combined explorations on our own before hooking up with a tour company that took us from Berlin through Eastern Europe and the old communist bloc. We started in Amsterdam, which turned into one of our favorite cities. It is a beautiful metropolitan area that is easy to navigate on your own. You need to do a little planning before you go. Make reservations at the museums you want to visit. We did with some, not others. Unfortunately, we did not make one to see the inside of the Anne Frank house, and as a result, we could not get in. Or rather, we decided not to stand in a two-hour line. One of the first things you must do is take a canal ride. It's a delightful way to see the city as you listen to a recorded tour guide through headphones. We took two such rides and only saw a fraction of them, since there are 165 canals. You see beautiful townhomes, houseboats, and generally get a good view of the city. Amsterdam is a great walking city, but the biggest problem is dodging bicycles. Literally thousands of them. It's said there's at least one bike for every resident. Many riders will happily run you over, so be careful. And the mantra of looking both ways applies here more than anywhere else. The museums are wonderful. We had reservations for the Rijksmuseum, the largest art museum in the Netherlands, but you can also see the Van Gogh, Rembrandt, and many others. Behind the Rijksmuseum is a grassy area where there is a big flea market. Many of the museums line this beautiful park where people are playing ball and throwing frisbees. When you think of Amsterdam, Heineken comes to mind, and there's even one dedicated to the famous beer. The food is wonderful, and there are a lot of good ethnic restaurants in the city. We were never disappointed. It's a city I could live in. We had beautiful weather, but it can be quite windy and cold. We took a train into neighboring Belgium. The city of Bruges is well worth a visit. There are beautiful shops leading to a big open area in this very pretty city. And when you go, you have to have Belgian waffles. They're beyond belief, as delicious doesn't begin to describe how good they are. I asked our waitress how they're made. I do not know. <laughs> There's only two people who know. That's the chef and the guy behind the bar here. And the boss. <laughs> Back in Amsterdam, it was difficult finding the right trolley back to the hotel. The station is huge and the signs are not that clear. But then again, you can have similar problems in the U.S. From Amsterdam, we headed to Berlin. I had made reservations with a low-cost airline and that was a mistake. The flight was fine, but we landed at a small airport. No shuttles, no taxis, but a long walk to the train station in hot weather. The ticket taker was not very helpful, to say the least. We got our tickets and, with suitcases in hand, went up a narrow escalator to the platform. The train finally arrived and we got on. We had suitcases that seemed to gain weight the more we carried them. We had to go down a steep set of stairs to sit. There were no signs in English, no conductor to help us. Finally, someone spoke English and told us what stop to get off. We then had to lug the suitcases up the narrow staircase and out onto the station platform. Down the escalator, we went to the main terminal. No signs in English. Finally, we found a taxi stand and headed to our hotel. It was a hot, harrowing day, and I think my wife and I each lost several pounds carrying the suitcases. The lessons learned? Pack less and make sure price is not the main factor in your transportation. Landing at the main international airport would have made our trip a lot easier with fewer hassles. 
The combined Berlin, east and west, is a big city. For me, the highlights were Checkpoint Charlie, where people transited between the two sections of the city and the remains of the Berlin Wall. At Checkpoint Charlie, there was a large picture of a U.S. soldier on one side and a Russian soldier on the other. The museum is quite interesting, the most fascinating part being how people in the east hid themselves in varying ways so they could escape. There are only small sections of the wall remaining, mostly filled with graffiti. A worthwhile side trip is to Potsdam. The former summer home of Frederick the Great on the outskirts of Berlin was used as the site for a peace conference. You can see the actual desks FDR, Churchill, and Stalin used to negotiate the end of World War II. From Berlin, it was on to the golden city of Prague that features a vibrant downtown with outdoor cafes and an astronomical clock. Must visits are the Rod Cheney Castle and St. Vitus Cathedral. Be careful as you cross Charles Bridge. It can be very crowded, and it's easy to get separated from your group, as I did. A worthwhile visit is to the Jewish Quarter just off the main square. You see old synagogues, some still in use today, and it's fascinating to visit the old Jewish cemetery. Reading the gravestones gives you an interesting insight into those who lived there hundreds of years ago, and it is one of Prague's most popular sites. The museum has one of the largest collections of Judaica. After an overnight there, we headed to Vienna, a city I had been looking forward to seeing for a long time. One of the highlights was March Felderhof, a lively restaurant on the outskirts of the city. There isn't an inch of the walls or ceiling that is not covered with all kinds of pictures, artifacts, musical instruments, and all sort of other items, even the bathrooms. It's almost as if someone who was drunk decided to decorate, and they did a great eclectic job. The food was delicious, the entertainment excellent and fun, and after several hours you were wanting for more. It was a night to remember, and if you go, it's well worth the visit. Music of a different sort is what Vienna is famous for. When in Rome you do as the Romans do, well in Vienna you must go to a classical concert. I am not a fan of such music, but I think that would change if I lived there. The music in a beautiful venue was wonderful. One of the required stops in Vienna is Schoenberg Palace, summer home of the Habsburg family. The dynasty ruled from 1270 to 1919, with family members, including Marie Antoinette, on the throne in many European countries. The villa is modeled after Versailles with beautiful decorations and furniture and beautifully landscaped gardens outside. The home had all of the same decorations as their palace since each summer all of the furniture was moved there. Another must is eating at an outdoor cafe. The food is wonderful, topped off by terrific local beers. Like many cities, there is a beautiful park where you can relax and people watch. From Vienna, it was on to Budapest, which has to be one of the most enchanting cities. The city is divided into three different areas, Buda, Pest, and up the hill, the old town, where you can see beautiful vistas of the region. Our hotel was located in Buda, so we could look across the Danube to Pest, giving us a beautiful view of what has to be one of the most attractive parliament buildings in the world. It is especially beautiful at nighttime when everything is lighted up. You can walk across one of the many bridges to visit the area and have lunch at an outdoor cafe. We got a bird's-eye view and we took a giant Ferris wheel. While that area is postcard perfect, venture away from the downtown and the city is a bit run down with peeling buildings. World War II is never far away. There is a very touching monument to those who died in the Holocaust. On the east bank of the Danube, on the Pesh side, dozens and dozens of shoes form a memorial to commemorate the Jews who were forced to take off their shoes before being shot, 
their bodies falling into the river. We transitioned from Hungary to Poland, and I was amazed at how beautiful the cities are. Krakow has a lovely city center that dates back to the 13th century. The town was pretty much left alone in World War II. While outside, there are beautiful sidewalk cafes, and the main church is beautifully lit. Not far away, we visited the Nazi death camps of Auschwitz and Birkenau. It is not for the faint of heart, but well worth a visit, as you see man's inhumanity to man. From there, it was on to the large city of Warsaw. Once again, I was surprised at the beauty. And classical music reared its head once again. Sit on a bench near the historical center, and you hear music that is piped into the benches. It's an understatement to say how relaxing it is to hear this as you wait for a bus. One thing you especially have to be careful of is pickpocketing by Romas or gypsies. Young kids play beautiful tunes on accordions while other family members try to get your wallet. It never happened to us, but we were repeatedly warned to be careful. There is a touching memorial to the Jews killed in the Holocaust, but you will be disappointed if you expect to see remnants of the Warsaw Ghetto since it was totally destroyed. It was very interesting to tour Eastern Europe. Our guide on the trip we took with the travel company Colette was Boriana Robeva, who we call Bobby. She grew up in Eastern Europe and says there is a difference in travel between East and West. She says American tourists appreciate the history of the area more than Europeans. And Bobby says one of the big differences nowadays is how easy it is to travel and work all throughout Europe. Being a tour guide has to be one of the toughest jobs. They work 24 hours a day dealing with all kinds of people with all kinds of health conditions and constantly making reservations and catering to everyone. Having been on a number of escorted tours, I've seen this firsthand. I don't know how they do it. One final thing about traveling from country to country. Be careful with money. The exchange rate is constantly changing, and not all countries in Europe use the euro as their currency. I found it helpful to just go to an ATM when I get to a country and get the money I need. Don't expect to use a bank since many will only allow their regular customers to come inside. And you don't want to take out a lot at one time since it's expensive converting it back to dollars. By the way, only paper currency can be converted, so use your pocket change to get a drink or a snack before coming home. Use my name if making a reservation with Colette and you may get a discount. I'm Steve Guggenheim and this is Travel with Googs. <laughs>